This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly, manly Warthog Man Cave. Hiding woods of North Central Florida. You may be able to tell by the way I'm talking that autumn is blooming. Things are blooming, both production guys and me. Uh, yours truly are, you know, breathing in that air you are too. So we're changing seasons. We talked about it yesterday. We are, of course, in the Melton Law Studio, the only official law firm partner of the Fighting Florida Gators, full service law firm, and protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention and sponsored by Allstate with Julio Casio, Shoot GTR, Poser Medical. I mean, it goes on and on and contributed to lots by you silent supporters. We appreciate that very much. Well, um, I got to tell you, have you heard the term? It's all like rather like a uh, wet firecracker. Well, how can you have a debate that has significance to it without the guy who is been dominating the news for lo these many years, a decade almost, and will continue to dominate it probably decades after he's into the cosmic dust. Well, nevertheless, there is reason to go over and sort of analyze it. Um, of course, it's been labeled by the New York Times uh, David Leonhardt and uh, um, Mr. Philbrick as running for second. And, you know, right now you'd have to say that it really is running for second if you go by the polls and the popularity of Trump, whose popularity is inversely proportional to the indictments they bring down on him. They are actually his enemies making him popular. But there were eight Republican presidential candidates who took the stage, one sitting senator, two sitting governors, an entrepreneur, a few former governors, a former U.N. ambassador, and a former vice president. And you would think that among them, they could serve quite well. The disappointing thing is, I really haven't read anywhere or learned from any of this that they are willing to call it what it is, what we call it on the Ward Scott Files, a desperate fight to save the country from Marxism. I mean, that's all 
we need to be talking about. And the national debt. That's all we need to be talking about. You know, I used to judge the state debate contests. A good debater, no matter what subject you give the debater, the debater turns that subject into what he or she wants to talk about. You can do that with anything you're given. Now, DeSantis was asked about the popular song a moment ago, North of Richmond. That was really about as close as it got to an in-depth, which never occurred that I know of, correct me if I'm wrong, discussion of the perils that lie for this country right squarely in the middle of the road if we don't stop spending money we don't have. And, you know, if you approach it from that fundamental position, you can venture off into any subcategory because all roads lead to that road. The open border. The sanctuary cities. The destruction of the family. I don't know. You know, tennis players, if they're in the top 50 especially, travel with a physio, a psychologist, a coach, a hitting partner. They got an entourage. These debaters do too, I assume. Now, no matter what follows this wet firecracker, we've got a set of circumstances that have no precedent in the history of this country. You can go back even to the pre-Civil War days. You can find some, as we've been saying, for quite a while. Quite a few parallels in the division in the country. And they're ominous. They're particularly ominous. And we're going to get into this in a moment. If you try to eliminate your opposition, which is really what it is, and a little more obtuse way, and the way Putin eliminates his. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So I want to just go through some of the empty statements that were made about the debate by, of course, this is the New York Times, consider the source, but they're a big source. Ron DeSantis, the New York Times, said this, talk loudly and rapidly but dodged questions on abortion. He said, I heard him say, in reviewing the tapes a moment ago, 
He said, I'm on the side of life. See, that was a trap. The entrepreneur is a bright guy, but has no experience whatsoever in anything in government. That's all you need is one of those there. And Pence, a lot of problems separating himself from Trump and the COVID lockdowns. The issues that the debate largely ignored, according to the Times, Trump and his legal troubles, the national abortion ban, if there were such a thing, tippy-toed around that. They tried to bait him into a climate change agenda. I think the best line in the whole thing that I've been able to find when the candidates were asked about climate change and were asked to raise their hands if they believed humans were fueling climate change was when DeSantis said, we're not school children. Ah, that one, that one hangs out. That one hangs out. Where were the tough, hard comments about our list, Ted Yoho list, the number one of which is debt? The number, the abomination of America. Right there is the heart of the matter. I really didn't think any of that got down to the nitty gritty. And particularly, totally unaffected Trump. Now, The needle hasn't been moved, according to any of the critics that I've seen, by this debate. No one really emerges. I think it still is Juan DeSantis' will be the focus of attack because he has the clearest record. Florida is a huge contributor to the election. I think particularly the Democrats are going to have to go after him. His own competitors sort of do, but they can't really refute the record he's got. So he's basically, I think, marking time. Uh, Haley, Haley, my God, she's head and shoulders head and shoulders over Kamala Harris. But you know, the Republicans, for some reason, are hard on their Republican women. You know, any of the Republican women that I've seen are much better than Hillary the liar, much better than Kamala Harris, light years better than Pelosi. 
But somehow, some way, Palin got chewed up and spit out. At some point, these candidates, it seems to me, are going to have to agree on what the who the enemy is. And the enemy is Marxism. I mean, there's no other way to see it. What is Marxism? Well, it's totally total loss of individual. Ultimately, it's a loss of private property rights. Let me just share something with you. Ted Yoho and I yesterday talked about AOC's socialist trip to South America. Mary Anastasia O'Grady, who understands Latin culture inside out and writes for the Wall Street Journal, called it exactly what it is. The Congresswoman, according to O'Grady, is disturbing, is disturbed by this disturbing trip that AOC took to the Marxist countries. AOC said, we have much to learn from our counterparts in these countries, including how to confront disinformation and violent threats to our democracies. Are you kidding me? If you want to see how that's done, look at Putin. O'Grady recognizes that what Alexander Ocasio-Cortez did was she met with leftist politicians to study their collective causes and a central talking point was Cuba and the absence of the Monroe Doctrine. Reagan understood the Monroe Doctrine. We don't want enemy powers in our hemisphere. But we've got them. Kennedy capitulated and let them in. And now we've got them running through Venezuela, Nicaragua, Bolivia, Argentina, Brazil, Chile. These are all elected extremists running these countries, which Cortez visited. Where is that subject that you've got a squad inside Congress? And we've talked about that influence growing in Congress. That is antithetical completely to what Trump advocated, make America great again. Make America great again was a darn good slogan. Production, let's show, I don't know how this happened. It's amazing. Somebody with a 
you know, there are camera phones. It's a, they're everywhere in the world now. Somebody caught, some of you may have seen it, the moment and what we can tell from the wreckage is this was this plane was shot down containing Putin's arch rival, the commander of the mercenaries, who marched on Moscow with his mercenaries to confront Putin, and Putin supposedly forgave him. Production, let's see if we can run that moment that plane is going down. It looks like a Russian farm. I believe that's a windmill. Maybe not. That almost looks like itself anyway. It's kind of amazing. Now the Russian farmer, let's assume that's what we've got here, is struck quite, quite dumbfounded by that. Now, it's already been brought to my attention by people who contact the Ward Scott Files. But this reminds them. Of where we're headed in this country. Only we're doing it through the institutions, not through a missile shooting down a plane. But we're shooting down planes, if you will. Are we not? By our institutions being corrupted in this indictment process. I want to give production a moment there, and we will put up the monk shots next, when production gives me the cue, of the people who checked in yesterday in Georgia. And here's the headline sent to me by one of our great fans, and supporters out of Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Giuliani surrenders. Let's hold that for a minute, please, production. Giuliani saved New York City at one time with his when he was the mayor from total chaos. He used the RICO law as it should be used against True criminals. 
which now has been corrupted and being used against our own citizens. Let me ask you a very simple question. I've been thinking about this. Are you not entitled to your opinion? If you think the election was fraudulent, be, of course, we got kicked off of YouTube for that. Are you not entitled to your opinion? If Trump had said, I wish you'd find me, maybe that one word would have changed things. I wish you would find me 11,000 votes. I wish you could find me 11,000 votes. Or if he posed it as a question, do you think anybody there could find 11? Well, we've already found that many votes in fraudulent voting. We've reported on that in the state of Florida. I mean, we haven't shared them all with you, but we know they're out there. Easy, easy to find. Sex offenders alone. The mugshots, well, we had those next coming production. Here we are. Let's leave up the upper for a moment. We have interviewed Sidney Powell on the Ward Scott Files. We've talked about these issues with her live on this show. If you go back in our archives, you can find it. This is a leftist Marxist dream. I mean, this is beyond what they ever could have hoped for. And the prosecutor, as we've talked about, is the daughter of a Black Panther. That's another thing you can't talk about. You can't talk about race unless you're going to use it where it shouldn't be used. And you wait until Trump checks in today. They're salivating. And my good friend in Atlanta will no doubt be sending us that picture. They'll be doing backflips over that. But is there a big difference between that and the plane spiraling out of the sky? The January 6th. We're locking people up for decades for that. So are we going to get a debate, a real debate? Well, I think the participants are going to have to what? Learn how debaters do it. Turn the question into your point that you want to make. What is going on in the country? What is Biden doing quietly? For example, do they ever bring those things out? Here is an obvious phenomenon from the Western Journal reported on it that we've already been reporting on. An Air Force 
officer in line for promotion to general by the Biden administration upon investigation into this gentleman has a history of targeting his white peers on the basis of their race. He's Colonel Ben Johnson. He's white. He has a sale of white colonels in the military branch as a whole in a scathing July 2020 screed published in the Air Force Times referencing the death of George Floyd as a point of demarcation. And he wrote, as white colonels, you and I are the biggest barriers to change if we do not personally address racial injustice in our Air Force. 2023. You know, in the end of Hamlet, Horton Bross comes in and looks at the scene where Hamlet is dead, Claudius is dead, Rosengrantz and Gildenstern are dead. Well, that we're all dead off stage. Gertrude is dead. And he asks Horatio, a survivor, where is this site? And what that means is, what is going on here? And Horatio, the smartest person in the play, answers with an incredible question. A great question. What is it ye would see? Think about that. Martin Bros comes in and says, what's going on here? And Horatio says, well, what do you see? And from the answer from Martin Bros will know what he sees. His answer is, this sight becomes the field. And what he means is exactly where we are right now. Orton Bross is a military man. He's a combat man. He's not a civilian. He is trained to see everything in terms of military tactics. And what he's saying is, in war, we have rules. You don't think so? We don't bomb schools, this, that, we know. We have rules. In domestic war, in political war, we don't have rules. So you can't see the violence. On the battlefield, we can show you the violence. Every once in a while, of course, in Russia, the two combine. The plane in Russia is shot down. We're going to go ahead and assume it. For political reasons, not for military reasons. It's a rare view 
of the mixture of the two. Here, you are watching military strategy be applied to capturing an enemy and his troops through the corruption, what you can't see, of the institutions. Professor, Professor Ward Scott just shared a lesson with you in class. Think about it. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Attention all Gator fans, Meldon Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida Georgia game like never before. Tonight's stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and a football signed by Coach Billy Napier, and much more. Go to the Meldon Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go Gators! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help!
All right, welcome back to Ward's Weather, brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron Station Fossil Fuel. You know, it's going to be hot today, and every time it's hot, it gives the climate change, whatever you want to call it, whatever the conventional name is of the day, an opportunity to just work their magic, right? CNN has mentioned that uh, because of the hot climate change, we've got the world's hottest month on record. The world's hottest month. The world. We already showed yesterday in Gainesville, the hottest day was in 1900. No motor cars. I do believe there is a kernel of truth to this story. And that that is the cities. If it is hot, you do not want to be in the cities. For example, urban heat. I do believe there is such a thing with all those buildings, which are really like canyons, the absence of trees with all the concrete, the urban heat is now called an urban heat island in these cities. And Europe has begun to catch on and has begun to make tree master plans. Well, Tree City Gainesville has been all about tree canopies for quite a while. I think that is one of the pluses to the policies of the city. They get carried away with it. And they think anything that's green should be saved, which is not necessarily the case. But I believe it is true. Stay out of the cities, well, for a number of reasons. But if you want to stay cooler, particularly, stay out of the cities. Interestingly, the pictures we just showed you of the indicted apparently there's a fringe quote unquote this is in USA Today social media site that posted the names the pictures and even the home addresses of Georgia grand jurors who indicted Donald Trump and they are circulating these online and you can bet the authorities are in a panic. See, this is one another one thing about, uh, about two, two sets of justice. It's okay for the left to pick at the homes of the Supreme Court justice, for example. 
But this is way out of bounds, you see. Can't do this. Remember, if you understand what I just taught a moment ago, this is a war in Atlanta. This is not a a justice procedure. This is a war. And in war, are there rules? Well, in justice, there's a rule. Don't disclose the jurors in the grand jury. But this is a war. It's not a, it's not a court procedure. It's a war for the country. Obviously, the people who circulated these pieces of information believe that. An anonymous user, apparently, according to Bart Jansen in this article, called the list of jurors' names a hit list and said that the jurors have signed their death warrant by falsely indicting President Trump. One of the messages said on the fringe site. So, In contrast, by the way, Jansen points out, to anonymous federal grand jurors, Georgia includes the names of grand jurors with no other personal identifying information in its indictments. So there is social media messaging being used to break the rules. But then, as Gordon Ross says, the rules were not obeyed, or the king wouldn't be dead, the queen dead, the prince dead. Some people get so frustrated by this, world we're in right now that I found these two stories that I think relate. And you're going to say, how do they relate? Well, the chief of the Austin Police Department, he retired on Monday. Why did he retire? In the summer of 2020, the Austin City Council voted to slash roughly one-third of the department's funding as the defund the police movement became the phenomenon sweeping the nation. Chief Joseph Kakan did not cite any specific reason for leaving. But he said he was leaving with a heavy heart. And it was one of the hardest messages he ever had to write. We've got a gun buyback. I saw this with amusement. A gun buyback 
by the Gainesville Police Department. A gun buyback. Who is going to from a gang bring his gun down to the police? First of all, he ain't going to the police station. In a gang, he ain't going to the police station. To sell the cops a gun, which he stole illegally anyway out of a unlocked car. Football games. High school football games. The Jacksonville cops shot and wounded a juvenile just as his football season's cranking up here, who they said fired a gun into a crowd, leaving the first Coast Rebolt game after that game was called off in the third quarter because of fighting in the stadium. Leon and Rickards had their game canceled at halftime in Tallahassee because of fights in the stands and parking lot, as well as a student arrested for carrying a potential firearm. These are these warm-up games. A 15-year-old kid in Jacksonville fired a gun into the crowd, leaving the game. There were 20 gunshots in the stadium in the fight in the stands. In Leon County, a large group of students fighting, carrying guns. Somehow we got to get this into the debate. So, At the Gene Cox Stadium, which I've coached in, a 14-year-old boy was arrested in that stadium in August 2022. He had a loaded gun, 14-year-old kid. So the GPD guys are going to have a gun buyback. I don't know if you saw this image of the dangling cable car above a valley in Pakistan that had school children in it. Now, why were there school children in a cable car? Because in Pakistan, that is how they get to school. And as one of my research, great research assistants said, wow, in Pakistan, those kids go to that much trouble to go to school? They get in a cable car 
and go over this death-defying valley to get to school. Then, of course, they eventually wind up here, our doctors and our scientists, because of what they place, the emphasis they place on education. Locally made cable cars are widely used forms of transportation in this mountainous region. They glide across steep valleys. They cut down travel time to schools. And they're in very, very mountainous regions. But they go to school. Fortunately, these kids survived. Commandos came in and saved them. And they all said upon being returned to terra firma that they expected to die. That's an amazing story. We have that same kind of desire to get to school. Do you think we do? I'm wondering about it. I'm really, really wondering about it. Artificial intelligence. I don't think we can escape it. It's here. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be, it's been with us forever. It's just going to get with us in more and more pervasive ways. Researchers have found that artificial intelligence can steal passwords with up to 95% accuracy by listening to what you type on your keyboard. Huh? By listening to what you type on your keyboard. Cornell University researchers tested a nearby phone's integrated microphone listening system for keystrokes on a MacBook Pro. When the microphone picked up the sound of a keystroke, the artificial intelligence model could identify the key that was pressed with 95% accuracy. So the team took it further by testing the AI's ability to crack a password by listening to a Zoom call. And in this test, artificial intelligence was 93% accurate in reproducing the keystroke. Over Skype, the model was 91.7% accurate. Artificial intelligence can tell that you tend to press one key a fraction of a second later 
than the others based on your typing style. Now, this ability is particularly concerning because it can be carried out using off-the-shelf equipment. A malicious actor could simply place a smartphone with a microphone near your keyboard and use the AI model to steal your passwords and other sensitive information. There you go. Of course, they've got gimmicks now to push back and fight against that. Huh? Go figure. Much has been made, even the question was asked in the wet firecracker debate about what the debaters thought made Oliver Anthony so popular. Now, Oliver Anthony has his interpretation of what he's doing. He's apparently put out another song. I Want to Go Home is apparently the name of it, and it's on Anthony's YouTube page. It's shot out in the woods with a backdrop of trees, dogs, and a Chevy. And Anthony's playing a guitar and singing in a mic. And the video ends with the words of Mark 8, 36 on the screen. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And Anthony says, well, if it weren't for my old dogs and the good Lord, they'd have me strung up in the psych ward. Because every day living in this new world is one too many days to me. And then he goes on about how he's using his music to dispel the demons in his head about having to live, quote unquote, on the brink of the next world war with nobody praying anymore. Remember, we had to go to court to get a coach a coach reinstated. He's also lamenting, and herein it resonates with quite a few people. The tragedy of generations of farmland being turned into urban sprawl. I think that's going to probably be the biggest mistake the country's made. But it's going to take a long time to see it. Anthony says what his songs are about is the hopelessness and frustration of the times. And that he's sitting in a weird place in his life right now. He says he never wanted to be a full-time musician. He never wanted to be at the top of the iTunes charts. 
and that the people in the music industry are giving him blank stares when he brushes off $8 million offers. He said he didn't want six tour buses, 15 tractor trailers, and a jet. He said he didn't want to play stadium shows. He said he didn't want to be in the spotlight. He said the reason he wrote the music he wrote was because he was suffering with mental health and depression. He believes that the songs have connected with millions of people on such a deep level because they're being sung by someone feeling the words in the very moment they were being sung. And that the people hear those words in themselves. He said he was sad to see the world and state it's in. And he spent many nights feeling hopeless. And this is the most interesting, perhaps, of all the things he said. I hate the way the Internet has divided all of us. The Internet is a parasite, he says, that infects the minds of humans and has their way with them. Hours wasted. Goals forgotten. Loved ones sitting in houses with each other distracted all day by technology made by the hands of other poor souls in sweatshops in a foreign land. And that he worries, when is enough enough? Freedom of speech, he says, is such a precious gift. That really is at the heart of it, isn't it? Aren't you entitled to your opinion? If you think the election wasn't on the up and up, Aren't you entitled to your opinion? Well, not if it disagrees with the winners. You're not entitled to your opinion, evidently. If your opinion doesn't jive with the acceptable narrative, which is all about, by the way, the Obamanization of America, he controlled the narrative. He was the first one to come along and say, hey, we got to control the narrative. And they've done so ever since. If you don't agree with the narrative, if you even question narrative, narrative, which of course has made artificial intelligence the detective. Because not only can artificial intelligence Detect the keystrokes. It can tell if you use the bad words, such as fraud, beep.
So it really might be that the internet, internet will prove out to be the worst hoax ever perpetrated on mankind. Even though everybody, it seems, has got a phone. And everybody's looking at it. So stay tuned. Trump will be booked and Trump will be. There are even wages being made about how much you'll weigh. Now, this guy, I don't care what you say. He was president of the United States. This is the president of the United States. Who disagreed with the deep state. And we know who the deep state is. But nothing happens to him. Where is his sight? What is it you would see? The sight becomes the field. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.